Welcome to another episode of the Sound and Worship Podcast. My name is Justin, and you know, for about a, a you know forty-five seconds or so there, you're probably thinking, "Am I on the right podcast? Uh, did I choose the right one?" But you definitely did. We just have new intro music, and as you'll see later, new outro music, thanks to a great brother in the Lord who goes by the name of Thief to King. And the song that you just heard, and the portion of it was, Oh Great High Priest. It's just a great, great song. Uh, Go check out Hebrews 4, obviously, and then go listen to the song and just see how closely it mirrors Hebrews 4. It is is a really great song, and I just thought it would be uh, great to uh, expose it to you guys, and um, I hope that you'll enjoy it. I know that I have enjoyed it. So go check out Thief to King. He's really putting out some great stuff. This week, I wanted to talk to you guys about what kind of a week it's been, kind of, and just kind of respond to a lot of the uh, messages, I guess you would say. I got a little bit of hate mail, and I'm not going to read the hate mail you know, verbatim and go into depth over that. And I got some comments that were not the best, <laughs> not, um, you know, definitely in opposition, which is fine. That's okay. But I really wanted to take this episode and do something that I think is, is a good idea and also is kind of a, a good way to go about it. I would say that. I don't know if you've ever heard a podcast do what I'm about to do, and I know I'm really just building up the suspense right now. You're thinking, what in the world is he about to do? And it's really not that controversial. As you read, the title of this uh, podcast episode is Responding with Scripture, and that is what I'm going to do today. You know, you, you get comments when you're talking about this topic the touchy topic of worship music. You're going to get a lot of opinions. Um, Sometimes someone will back up their claim with the Word of God, and most times they won't. So what I wanted to do was basically paraphrase the comments that I have come across this week, whether it be directly to me or not. Some of these will have been, but it doesn't really matter. It's comments I've come across. It's claims that are being made. I don't know about you, but I do believe in objective truth. 
So I believe that truth is out there. We live in a postmodern age where everyone wants to act like truth is relative, and which that's an oxymoron if you didn't know. <laughs> truth is not relative. It's objective by nature. And I feel like sometimes we can nuance this worship music thing to the point of not really taking a stance at all. And I just think we should be wary of that. Um, we should definitely uh, watch our motives and guard our hearts, you know, and make sure that we are, if we're offering any kind of biblical discernment, you know, if we're discerning and we're saying, hey, this is what I believe that the Word of God is teaching, or if we're uh, offering a warning to a brother or to the audience or anything like that, it ought to be with the right motives. If not, then any host of any podcast is really just a clanging gong. So let's get into this, y'all. This portion is going to be entitled Responding with Scripture. One thing I want you to really think about as I go about reading these is think about the author. So I'll read what book and chapter it's coming from, and you might hear a comment or a question coming from these paraphrases that really make a claim. And so I want you to pay really careful attention to what the author is doing or the writer of these books. Now, of course, being books of the Bible, these are books that are inspired by the Holy Spirit. They're infallible. So pay attention to what the writer is doing. That's all I'll say. I won't reveal any more than that. First claim. Where does the Bible say to judge the quality of others' beliefs? Second John 1, verse 4, in the ESV. I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we were commanded by the Father. 2 John 1, 6-11, in the ESV. And this is love, that we walk according to His commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourselves, so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting. Forever greets him takes part in his wicked works. Romans 16, 17 through 18 in the ESV. I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them, for such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites, and by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. Ephesians 5, 3-11 in the ESV. But sexual immorality and all impurity 
or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. And here is Galatians 1, 6-10, ESV. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. And again, that was to the question, a paraphrase that I received this week that says, where does the Bible say to judge the quality of others' beliefs? Next statement. It's not your place to warn people who are being led astray by Bethel Hillsong, Elevation, etc. God will take care of it. I'll read that again. It's not your place to warn people who are being led astray by Bethel Hillsong, Elevation, etc. God will take care of it. Jude 1-4 through in the ESV. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were designated for this condemnation. Ungodly people, who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Now, 2 Thessalonians 3 13 through 15 in the ESV. As for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him, that he may be ashamed. Do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. 
James 5, 19 through 20 in the ESV. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and somehow brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Acts 20, 29 through 31 in the ESV. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not see Snyder Day to admonish everyone with tears. Next statement. I guess God gave you a mandate to expose false teachers. And if you can't tell, that was said to me with sarcasm. Book and chapter here, Ephesians 5, 6 through 11 in the ESV. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Matthew 7:15. Be aware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. 2 Peter 2.1 in the ESV. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. Next statement. Pastors shouldn't call out the false teaching of another church. Titus 1, 5-11 in the ESV says, This is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife, and his children are believers and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination, for an overseer, as God's steward, must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught, so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. For there are many who are insubordinate empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision party. They must be silenced, since they are upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful gain what they ought not to teach. And the last one. We can still partner with churches who regularly teach falsely. 1 Corinthians 5, 9-11 in the ESV. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world 
or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters, since then you would need to go out of the world. But now I am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. And that's all the phrases that I had today. So that's the end of that segment. There's one other thing I wanted to talk about today. And it's about an article. (laughs) Well, I'm using the article. It is about the topic of judging. How many times do you hear folks just come to you and say, do not judge? I mean, it. basically, if you make any kind of claim around discernment, you are likely to hear someone come to you and say, you are judging. Who are you to judge? And now, if you have a plank in your eye, for instance, if I'm a thief, right, and I see another thief, and I tell that thief to stop stealing, I've got a plank in my eye. So I, I have no business telling that thief to stop stealing. I wanted to read this article, uh, not in its entirety, and I bet some of you uh, regular listeners were like, I know where this article is going to come from, and you're probably right. Um, and to be a punny, some of you probably got no questions at all of who it is. So the article is from gotquestions.org, and it's entitled, What Does the Bible Mean When It Says, Do Not Judge? Just going to read a little bit of it. Jesus' command not to judge others could be the most widely quoted of his sayings, even though it is almost invariably quoted in complete disregard of its context. Here is Jesus' statement, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. Matthew 7, 1. Many people use this verse in an attempt to silence their critics, interpreting Jesus' meaning as, You don't have the right to tell me I'm wrong. Taken in isolation, Jesus' command, do not judge, does indeed seem to preclude all negative assessments. However, there is much more to the passage than those three words. The Bible's command that we not judge others does not mean we cannot show discernment. I want to read that statement again. The writer of this article says, The Bible's command that we not judge others does not mean we cannot show discernment. Folks, I believe we we live in an anti-discernment kind of evangelical world nowadays, where if you speak out against something, you are being seen as hateful. People are not taking into account that you might have been called out of deception, and your heart may just be to warn others so that they are not deceived. Uh, and you're not doing it based on your own wisdom, but on what the Word of God teaches. People don't take that into account. And a lot of people don't want to change. I've been that person in the past. When I could care less about this topic that I talk about on a weekly, pretty much daily basis, honestly, when I, when I wasn't doing that, I, didn't, I really didn't want to hear about it. I, I don't want to even think about parts of my life that I would 
possibly need to change. Um, it's, especially as far as something like worship music, like I just I was just thinking, who cares? It's just worship music. It doesn't matter where it came from or the lyrics. Yeah, I mean, as long as they're close, uh, you know, as long as the intent of the artist was good, then it really doesn't matter. I don't even want to think about it, and I don't want to think about the consequences of choosing worship music that. Um, you know, or or a church choosing worship music uh, and paying royalties to those artists that they choose to support and choose to further their ministry by using their work, by getting it out there. I've heard many people affirm that they most certainly have seen that take place. So, but anyways, staying on track, I'll finish this uh, paragraph here. Immediately after Jesus says, do not judge, he says, do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs, Matthew 7, 6. A little later in the sermon, he says, watch out for false prophets. By their fruit, you will recognize them, verses 15 through 16. How are we to discern who are the dogs and pigs and false prophets unless we have the ability to make a judgment call on doctrines and deeds. Jesus is giving us permission to tell right from wrong. But I mean, I believe many today who seek to basically aid uh, any ministry that they, and I say ministry in the broadest sense, that any ministry that they feel like they have frankly, benefited from, folks will tell you to not judge. I actually had a person today say, or this week say that um, me calling out Benny Hinn was wrong, that I was in error, that Benny Hinn was a legit faith healer. Uh, This same person was defending Bethel Church and Bethel's music. That was like the subject line of the email I received Um, you know, there was a whole long conversation that I had privately with that person, but it was around Bethel Church and their music and how I should not be calling them out. And guys, honestly, it's not, it's not like it's fun to do that. And it's not like I'm just some noble person for doing it. I believe we're commanded to do it. I believe that our culture has said, forget it on discernment. And I'm not here to say that I'm the one that's perfect at it. Not at all. But I'm saying what I see is that this culture and Protestantism, which is the only one I'm around, is they don't care about discernment as a whole. You can see the church dwindling down. I mean, I don't see how you couldn't look at the culture, especially in the United States, and see that. People don't discern. They are after, they're chasing feelings. I know how that is because I've done that. I'll just say that. (laughs) But I want to say something else about not judging. I guess I left one statement out, kind of. Wouldn't be really a paraphrase, but I just wanted to say this. 
if one were to make the claim that no one should offer correction in any kind of public forum about a public ministry until that person is completely perfect. Like they have literally rid themselves of all sin completely. And I know many of you are, hopefully all of you are thinking that is ridiculous. Um, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and um, we all sin still. We're constantly needing to repent and to grow in sanctification. Now, Jesus definitely stands in our place, in the place of our sin. You know, we have a strong and perfect plea before the Father. I'm talking about what happens in our lives. But the Bible nowhere says that only those who have reached complete maximum sanctification should ever offer any biblical discernment, analysis, or anything like that. I'll just end with this statement. While in the serious part, we may chat a little bit after this. If we're waiting for only perfect people to pursue and communicate biblical discernment, we'll never hear it. So I'll leave you with that serious thought. But I just want to get back to, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that as well. As far as the scripture goes, um, feel free to rewind, go check those passages out, read them in their entire context, and just really think about uh, the source of uh, who wrote the book and and the uh, commands that those writers were writing to audiences. Just think about it in that context. But yeah, I'm about to leave you guys with another portion of the song, Oh Great High Priest by Thief to King. I'm going to mention his name for a while because I really am really appreciative of him letting me use his song for intro and outro music. That is such a blessing. I just think the song is great. Um, it's, it is such a great car ride listening song, in my opinion. Like, yeah, I'm sure in some context, um, you know, it, you could almost use it as a congregational worship song, too. But it's definitely, at the very least, uh, a great song to just pour scripture into your brain. Like, that's what this song is doing. So enjoy it, and I will see you guys next time on the Sound and Worship Podcast. Yeah, to say